0: tell you, if there wasn't other people to sort of compare yourself with, you wouldn't, there'd be no attention given to it, it would be just like, quote unquote, normal. Yeah. So when you see other people, and then you see, first of all, no other people, but you see another possibilities of mind, and then you realize, uh, well, you don't realize anything, you just feel grateful, because it's really, the freedom is more of an absence than a presence, you know? There's aspects of mind that drop off, and then there's an aspect of mind that appreciates that, but the greatest drop-off is when that aspect of mind that thinks it has the other aspects drops. That's really good. That really stabilizes, because the other... The quantity of things that are, let's say, causing seemingly causing discomfort, and then uh, them, you know, growing or getting smaller. That's that's just like the accordion of this place. Yeah, circumstances and situations push in, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. But the state that that's holding all this, as if it's happening to it, that's where the real relief comes. When that sort of gets uh, weakened then there's not much importance on what's going on in a way and uh, because and there's really not what not why there's so much importance about on what's going on it's really because there's a huge importance on what it's going on to so when it whatever it's going on to gets a little weakened then you lose interest in really all the stuff that's going on because you and I give it the meaning it has we truly do and that's the activity here so a uh, the depth and width of a problem is based on me, in a sense, yeah? I'm the one who gives it the meaning. I give it the weight. I, You and I, as this possibility, play a huge role. Like they say in physics, every experiment, the biggest influence of the experiment is the observer of it, yeah? So, like they always use the... Uh, They use the example of light, where if you're looking for light as a particle, you find it as a particle. If you're looking for it as a wave, you'll find it as a wave. It's almost as if you can bend light to your own wishes, because what's... The light is there because there's consciousness. The consciousness is the bringer forth of, or the mind is the bringer forth of everything. And everything has its meaning based on mind. So to forget that, then everything seems to have an inherent meaning. So you think you're looking for light, but it's the mind that's looking for the light that gives it the meaning. Yeah. So it's the mind that's seemingly experiencing life here, that's giving it all the meaning it has. One of the big meanings the conditional mind has given it is that there's a you. Yeah. And once that you's in place, then you forget that it's an activity of mind and you believe it's you. You're giving things meaning. And you don't even know that. You're just living a subjective experience and you basically believe that the thing itself has an inherent meaning and it's being imposed on me, yeah? And if I seem to think it will help me, I desire it, let's say, and that's not even you desiring. The desires and the aversions are already in place conditionally. But there's the narrative that it's you desiring and you hating, yeah? So you want to move towards what you think is good and you want to move away. But... The, all the moving towards in the moving way is is predicated on the one you. You're the axle of the whole thing. You're the axis. You're the center point. You're like the, the point where the seesaw goes this way and that way. Yeah. Now you can have all your opinions about life over here and then life over here and life over here, but this is what's giving it all the meaning. Yeah? And I find that's really good to understand because it puts a stop to a lot of things. Because if you are that, which is giving everything all the meaning, then no matter how much you think you're it, you're different, then that mind, when it recognizes that, the meaning changes. Yeah? It's just like in a way, all there is all there for anything to change here or given the permission a sense to change is for the mind to see it differently. When the mind looks at it differently, or looks from differently, you know, looks from another place, then everything changes on the game board. What was really important may not be important anymore. What was the worst thing that ever happened to you can be seen as the best thing that ever happened to you. It can be that extreme, yeah? It can be that extreme in a very short period of time. You can have an idea, like a lot of people in recovery, you know, from listening to people's shares over the years, a lot of people would come in and say, I know, you know, the worst thing that ever happened to me was this thing, let's say, uh, you know, my father died or I got uh, sexually assaulted when I was a kid. And so that's the worst thing that happened to him, and it becomes like an altar. And everything now is based on that as being the worst thing that happened to you. And my whole story is predicated on that as being the worst thing that happened to you. Then they come into a program where the mind, the mental condition has a chance to diminish, you know, and then suddenly, the worst thing that ever happened to them is seen as the best thing that ever happened to them. Yeah? Now, as, with such an extreme example, how could you see that anything had an inherent meaning if it could be, seem to be the worst thing that ever happened, and then suddenly, in a year or two, seemed to be the best thing? Then it was no thing. Yeah, it didn't have the qualities of being the worst thing. It didn't have the quality. It doesn't can't have the qualities of being the best thing. It only reflects the meaning the mind gives it. Yeah. So, let's say you're saddled with a certain way of looking and it just keeps provoking anxiety and, and, and a sense of dread and uh, negativity and contraction and the best you can do is try to get you know a nice little space where there's a little freedom from it or therapize it or massage it and maybe loosen up its fucking vice grip or seeing that it's some it's coming from a mental system that is only one out of many systems that could be accessed yeah that you're in a, you're in a seeming forced slavery that isn't forced that the mind that you believe is you or whatever, is participating grandly in the enslavement. What would happen if it would entertain that? It may just possibly change its mind. (laughs) It may just go, (laughs) then, (laughs) And then instead of trying to ease the contraction and get therapy for it and socialize it, and have, have a hope that maybe I can have a three-month-long relationship or I won't flip out at the next picnic I go to or somehow I won't get arrested this week, maybe your possibilities will expand. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that instead of constantly entertaining I was once okay and I will be okay, maybe you are okay. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking radical idea. <laughs> but if you entertain that you were okay, how do you feel now? In self-centeredness, you feel like, I must have done something to make myself feel un-okay. So now you're the bringer and the bearer of the guilt of a changed situation. Yeah? And then when you're obsessing over, I will be okay... It, it just emphasizes that you think you're not okay now. <laughs> you know? So, the mind's solution to this false assumption that you're not okay is to make it worse. By thinking it was once, but now it isn't. Or maybe it will be, but it ain't. <laughs> Can you? This is happening all day. It's not like an event that happened last Wednesday. This is the activity of mind. It's It's... It's complaining about all the agitation, but it's stirring it. It's constantly stirring it, yeah? This is what I feel like. In AA, they try to bring you back to taking responsibility. But to me, this is the ultimate responsibility, that we're the dreaming of this place. We're actually in, we're the activation, we're the main influence, we're the biggest participant of this event. Yeah. in self-centeredness, if you've ever lived in it, which we all have seemingly, it is a very constricting, very, very close, all the exit signs lead nowhere, yeah? You never get out of the maze. Self can't get out of self, yeah? The most, you bring these traditional methods of getting out of self, they just drive you more crazy here, yeah? And, and then the businesses that build themselves around that, they got the perfect business plan. You're gonna, they say it may take lifetimes to find the exit. You know what I mean? So you can't even rely on how you're feeling today because that's been totally, well, don't, it doesn't matter. You're, this is the path. This is the right thing to do. And so we blindly att- make these attempts, and all the while we're frustrated and disappointed, but we, we're, we're too spiritually civilized to say anything about it. Yeah? If they were factories, they would have been closed down a long time ago. They're not producing the goods. Everything is still fragilely based on circumstances and situations. I can thrive in an institutional setting. For two years I was in Delancey Street. I thrived in an institutional setting with people telling me what to do. It's driving me to college, going here, feeding me. Oh yeah, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm really doing great here. As soon as I left, the whole thing hit the shitter. Yeah? Because it was all based on circumstances and situations. It was incredibly fragile. It was dependent on all these other possibilities. There was no peace in it. There was always that lurking, looming sense that this could collapse in any minute, which it did. As soon as I got out from out of that roof, I was left with my own head, and my head started advertising what I'd been missing for two years without being factual, like getting shot at and run over by cars. It made it really romantic, like, oh, I can't wait to get back into that life. And I fell for it, and I did. Went on a ten-month run and washed up on the shores of AA, and I was finally, thank God, there's one thing I had in this life, which is the ability to be convinced. I really do. I didn't know it because I had never been convinced, but I didn't die, and it got to a point where my mind finally flipped and I was convinced. Yeah? I stopped fighting everything and anything, at least alcoholism, and I just submitted myself to the solution, the imitation I was offered recovery. Yeah? And then my mental state got diminished, and something that was always available at all times finally became obvious to you because your role here is so big that you can block out everything. You can live as if you've never been touched by what's always so. You can be a fish here and never sense wet being wet. You can live in this ocean of mind or awareness and believe and have an experience and be right about it that you're dry as hell and you're shopping for little experiences of being wet Only and always to to point to the definite condition you are in, which is dryness. So you'll constantly want to have experience of wetness, but you'll always presuppose the state of dryness. The state of dryness will dominate in all the pursuit of an experience of wetness. This is when you wake up that you're a fish and you're in water. (laughs) You know, you, Instead of being so attentive to the clams and the seaweed, you actually sense the presence of the energy, the milu you're in. You know? And that has a huge effect on mind because that's what mind is. It's not like mind is something separate and hanging here and then if we do the right thing, maybe we get an audience with it for a few minutes only to get spit back into here. Mind is this. This is mind. There is no doer. All there is is mind. Moving, causing the energy to move this thing, this body, and conditionally have actions come from that. So, in, if you want to say there's a choice, I would say there's options based on conditioning. Yeah? You went down this Kate, this this one direction eighty times. Not you, but the apparatus. You'll probably go down there the eighty-first time, yeah. And then this hope, this 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 awareness, living through through this possibility, is always there. Rubbing, it's not even rubbing shoulders with us. We're immersed in it. There's no place where I stop and it starts and it stops and I start. There's none. If there's no demarcation or okay, this is Paul, this is Paul, this is Paul. Oh, I've surrendered, now that's God. Only to take it back and then this is Paul, this is Paul, this is Paul. Oh, I surrendered, now it's God. As if you're like a special something that can open up to everything and take a little of it in. <laughs> Man, when you get a sense that you're not that, that a real sense of the presence of what we are becomes obvious. And I'll tell you, that is what I've been looking for here. And I know that because of the results that occurred when I seemed to have found it, yeah? I mean, the simplest thing is just the acknowledgement of here... And how it's appearing now, yeah. And that seems to be one of the hardest things for us to do. A lot of people come, and they have a. Lo- it's a lovely day, but their mind is preoccupied with somewhat something that's not happening, yeah. And so they don't have any interest and attention to spend here, and yet, so their story about life is that it's lacking, that it's dissatisfying. That there's not there's there's got to be more. Of course, there is. What's missing is you. You, know? you're not participating in here. What comprises you is the interest and attention, and that is into what's not happening, because what's not happening is a, is about the me, and we're obsessed with the me. And most moments are really just the springboard. To, to bounce into what's not happening either there or then, just back or forward. And the mind, as soon as it thinks it's you, as soon as the mind thinks, oh, that's me, then its attention interest goes there and the thoughts follow and they circle around that object called Paul and I wonder, what's going to happen to me three years from now or maybe this afternoon? Yeah, or maybe at lunch or maybe 8 o'clock yeah? or I go back into oh, what did happen to me that one time at 8 o'clock or one time at 5 o'clock and it dwells there yeah? it obsesses over self yeah? but the thing is no matter how clear about the obsession you get you're not clear about the self you still think an obsession is happening to a noun called self that's the obsession we did this in North Carolina. A lot of people start talking about the selfing. And what occurs is, they. most of us, at one point, we're in a consequential level, right? We're in the hallway of shitting fans. We don't know what's happening. We realize it after it hits us in the face, the shit. And we try to figure out well, let me read a book about shitting and fans, and maybe I'll be able to skip some of this shit. But basically, it doesn't hold. It's good when you're not in the hallway of shitting fans, but as soon as you get in the hallway of shitting fans, it doesn't help you to run the gauntlet. The shit's still hitting you in the face. And then somebody, something happens, and some awareness comes in, and the lens opens up. So now, instead of just seeing the hallway, you don't even see the shitting fans, you just see this hallway. Now you see the shitting fans. And then you see what's turns the fans on and what's aligning the shit to the fan and your tendency to put your face in front of it. That's fucking. a, that's a brilliant uh, opening, yeah? But it's just part of the selfing. So now you're seeing the selfing, but it's you, there's a feeling that it's you seeing the selfing. The selfing pops up into a noun. Now you're still in the same dilemma of subject-object. You're still in it. The mind is still in it. Yeah? So, okay, now you learn a little more. Oh, so what's feeling like it's doing the selfing is selfing. Oh, okay. And what feels like it's being done to by the selfing is selfing. Oh, yeah? All right. So now I see more of the selfing. The good news is selfing is finite. It's an activity of mind. It needs time, and it needs the space to do it. But it's finite. All right? So here's the selfing. So now, okay, it pops up. And then someone says, no, you're not that which is doing the selfing, nor are you being done to. Okay, so maybe you believe it, but it doesn't take hold. So now you see the selfing, and then you see a large stretch of it, and then it's still, oh, I saw it, I saw the selfing. That's also the selfing, yeah? Every pop-up is selfing. There is no verb and noun, ever. There's just verbing, there's just selfing, but it's finite. And if it runs its course, what's all around it, And actually, its immersion is the pause. The pause. The incredible silence and depth of a huge mind, unfettered by a fucking activity of a mental process. Yeah? That pause is it. That's seeing your original face, in a way. That's home. That's what you're going to be at and available to every moment you're here. That same pause... So no matter what square on the game board of the action figure, like square three, square eight, I've done 355 days of retreat, and I'm really clear, whatever it may be, every time you recognize there's no one on square eight, that's square zero, yeah? Square 12, you wake up, hey, I'm not at square 12, where are you? Square zero. 33. Oh, I'm not at 33. Where are you? Square zero. As soon as every square position is negated, you're at square zero. There's never another square you're at. Yeah? After a while, square twenty-eight, square zero, square eighty-four, square zero, square three, square zero, square one, square zero. After a while you realize there's only square zero. <laughs> Everything else is mental things. Everything else is mind riffing on time and space. It always goes back, not goes back, it never left, but it feels like it goes back. When the mind does this imaginary traveling, it always ends up at square zero. Your mind gets it after a while. There is only square zero. <laughs> so when the mental process goes, oh, I'm square eight, there's an underlying understanding, square zero. Oh, Jesus Christ, this is the greatest day I've ever had, square 12. There's an online sense of ease and comfort, square zero. You're not going to lose the greatest day at all times because the greatest is the square zero, yeah? Oh, Jesus, this is the worst square 10 I've ever been on, square zero, yeah? That's something to rely on. That's something to rely on that mind doesn't have to go to because it could never have left, yeah, it takes time and space out of the equation. It takes doing, doership out of the equation. It takes all the places where the selfing gets a grip on, on the mind, where it gets a hold on the mind, where it, where it traps the mind seemingly in a process, the doing, the choosing, the this and that. None of those things are there. So all the time you're grasping, trying to get a hold, Suddenly, you, you let go and you realize these hands, these hands trying to understand and to know are fucking wings. Now you're flying in the unknown. Yeah? Now it's like, I don't know. And hallelujah. It's the, it's the highest form of security, is insecurity. You don't have a fucking clue. The mind's p- putting out thousands of them, but you don't have a fucking clue. That's the clue. Yeah? That's where you can rest. Freefall. Nowhere, like it says in the Bible, the Son of Man has no place to rest its head. You can't rest on an understanding. You can't rest on mental knowing. You can't rest on an idea of the past. You can't rest on scriptures. You can't rest on any of this. There's no place to rest your head. That's where you rest your head. That's the place. Yeah? surrender, whatever you want to call it. In AA recovery, the biggest, one of the biggest thing is surrender. Surrender is a great experience, yeah? But in most cases, what happens, it stays as an experience, and then the experience is I can surrender, and then I can take it back. And the, the, the taking it back becomes the dominant experience. The surrender, it seems to be the juiciest part, but the real dominant experience is taking it back. What would happen if when a surrender occurred, you recognized surrendered, yeah? Dirt, a state appears. You now leave the consequential level, you leave the experiential level, you leave the the places of where you hedge your bet and you get the advantages in this and you move into a state, yeah? That overrides all the circumstances. That overrides the consequences. Now your mind is resting where it's reliable to rest, yeah? Agitation. There's no stirring up there. It finds peace. And you can enjoy peace of mind. We have the ability to enjoy peace of mind. The peace of mind is there. What happens here is our seeming ability gets negated by all the mental activity. So the peace of mind is available. The key is can you enjoy the peace of mind? If you're addicted to time, you won't be able to enjoy peace of mind. Because even if the peace of mind is there, you'll be worrying about, will I have it tomorrow? Yeah? The mind will go right into it. And if you take yourself to be that, which is thinking, what will happen to me tomorrow? That you'll be living as if that is so. And then that ever-present wetness will be forgotten. And you'll be seeking wetness again. Which is only affirming your drive. The point is, is question: Are you fucking dry? If you're not, then why are you seeking wetness? Then it turns into expressing it. It's much different. Seeking it only affirms what you think you're lacking. Expressing it affirms that you are it. Yeah. And then you have, like in recovery, you say you have it by giving it away. You're in that state—not a state, but whatever—and it has a. You're never gonna run out. <laughs> of it, you know it's not like a commodity you can't privatize it, you're not going to get the one that overlooks the ocean, the view it's a very 360 degree view yeah <laughs> so why do we say like when someone says I really love, me- I have to meditate and stuff like that, and we go well if you feel like you really need to do something you better do it because that's mind, yeah? It's not you. If mind is in that construction that it thinks it really has to do something to know itself, you better be doing it. <laughs> because mind's giving it the meaning it has. That's the God. And if it has it that way, you better participate it that way. You can't use a philosophy. You can't... if. You're on the level of your house is on fire, you need a pail of water. You don't need a philosophy that there's no house and there's no uh, fire, yeah? Your experiences are burning like I'm burning to a crisp, but now you're mentally denying it. You might as well just find the fucking water, yeah? This is what it's like. Mind is flexible. Mind on the experience, experiential level is moving into a lot of states, yeah? But the framing of all those states can change. And the frame doesn't move as much as the states do. The states are happening. It's a big dance here, yeah? Yeah? If you eat something that gives you food poisoning, your mental states are going to change dramatically. Things are going to look bleaker. It's going to have a darker veneer on everything. You're going to probably get a little negative in your projections. All this is going to happen, yeah? But so, if the frame is changed, and most of us have been living life or seeing life from self-centeredness, that's a frame. Yeah? And that frame has a huge influence on all the mental states that appear in it. We're not saying we're going to change the mental states. We're saying that we're going to, you're going to be able to travel lighter over the geography of your life. We're not going to change the terrain of it. Your mental states may keep arising like they've arisen, but the frame will define them differently. If they're they're taken to be you, it can have a huge, huge impact here. It It says like Jesus says when He used to heal people, it's done according to your belief. This whole place is done according to your belief. This whole place is being seen according to our beliefs. And if you try to change your belief... That's another belief in you having the ability to change them. So you just see the truth. Yeah? And if it leads to, hey, I may not be that. If it leads to, guess this is what selfing's doing all day. Its it's, movement is the claim. Yeah? Even a simple little thing like this. You see the bottle. Yeah? Everybody. The mental process goes, this is my bottle. Now the bottle's used to point to the one who has it, the one who owns it. Yeah? So it has a purpose. It's not just being seen as a bottle. It's being used to point to the owner of the bottle. Thinking. If you believe you're the thinker, every thought is being used to point to that you're the thinker of them. Yeah? Every feeling, if they're your feelings, are being used to point to you, the one who has the feelings. There is no one who has the feelings. There's just a pointing at it. Yeah? The mental process can... There isn't any one there. The mental process can only imply there is. It assumes there is. It insinuates there is. And then our mind does the leap. Our mind takes that pointer and goes, makes the leap, the logical leap. If there's doing, there must be a doer. If there's thinking, there must be a thinking. And I'm the only one who's having these thoughts. I must be the thinker of them. I'm the only one who feels this way. I'm the feeler of it. Yeah? It's an activity. It's happening. It's like... Everything is pointed, the mind sees it ignorantly, makes the leap, I'm the one who's doing it. I'm the one who chose this. Guilt and cake and then shame grows. All these mental... It just goes off. Yeah? It just geometrically progresses. You take one neuroses, and then you think a lot about it, you have eight neuroses. Yeah? It just keeps spawning more and bigger and greater. And it's all coming out of nothing. And it's, and, it, and the juice it needs to keep appearing is delivered by us, by seeing it ignorantly, by looking at it from a point of view called self-centeredness. We're giving everything all the meaning it has. We're the dreamer of this dream, and we forgot we're dreaming it, and we've given the power of the, whatever I dreamt, I've given it the power to affect me as this dreamt object. Yeah? So now you become the source of my happiness. My source of my happiness is outside of my own area. I have to go out and get it. I have to perform to have it. It's all conditional. It's all dependent on if I'm making enough money and my health's good and this and that and that. Then everything can be okay. To me, it's like slavery, really. Over the years, after being released somewhat, it's like a fucking form of slavery. It's like you go to the field of what's not happening, you hoe it and seed it and cultivate it and harvest it, yeah? You smoke it, it doesn't bring you nothing but agitation and fucking false hopes and stuff like that and allows you not to be seemingly here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every day, <laughs> you go, you traipse out onto that that. Field again, and you plant the same fucking seeds, and I hope this will work. I hope I get better. I hope I this, the, and then harvest it, cook it up, get absolutely no nutrition from it. Out there again, who wouldn't want to get high? <laughs> Jesus, if I had to work and toil over a dead field all day, any chance I get, I'd take a doobie break or something. I fucking drink or whatever. I'd probably snort dirt if I thought it would change my head. I'd do any fucking thing to get some relief from the seeming real predicament I was in, yeah? But what if it isn't so? Then the the relief would come from the problem by realizing it's imaginary, yeah? Because if it's imaginary, there's nothing I need to do about it. And that's how it gets done, yeah? Yeah? It's just a possibility. Just like the mind takes all these pointers and makes this leap, we're giving it a little bit of an invitation and I have faith that it can make that leap also. Because it's already right there. It's not much of a leap. Yeah? If we could believe this and keep... And we're apt to be able to believe anything. Why not give it a different bit of information? Why not we give it a different message and instead of oh, "you will be better if you do this and this and this"? Hey, you're okay. Yeah. How about a subscription to well-being that you don't have to subscribe to? You know, it'll be sent to your house every week. Right where wherever you're located, we'll find you. It'll be there. Oh shit! That sounds too easy. I know how bad I've been. I've got to work for it. Yeah, I know I have to. I've got to. You know, I do. I've got to make up for a lot of stuff. So, make it harder for me. Yeah, I, I need it really hard. Yeah. How about sitting for five minutes? No, 12 hours. I gotta, 12 hours with my back up with no, with no uh, pillows, you know? Yes. <laughs> I can't now. I can't. Five minutes? No way. I've done so much, I've got to do a whole lot to get out of it. Yeah? It's always you and I playing God, isn't it? It's fucking really. Every requirement is upon our side, not on... Mind side, we're the ones who put up the requirements. We were talking about it at North Carolina. It's like in self centeredness, you're in this little room, yeah. Let's just say you're in this room, and the room's pretty dark, and you have a belief there's light, yeah. You've been told that there's light, and even some things that said there's the sunlight of the spirit, yeah. But you don't seem to be getting much, and you're in this room, and the room's pretty small. And there's the windows, the possibilities there, right? There's five of them, let's say. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. But those five windows, there's a shade. could be a five-cent paper shade. But it seems from my position in the room, in this chair, it's enough to block the sunlight of the spirit, yeah? This incredible power seems to be blocked from me with this little shade, yeah, of ignorance pulled down. So now, I want to get the sunlight of the spirit... But the only way I can entertain it, because I'm already entertaining, I'm this person in this room, that is to do and have it. You know, i got to do and have myself to get to that shade, and then I'm going to have to pull it up, and then the sunlight and the spirit will come. But thank God I can always pull it back down. <laughs> I'll just get a little bit of the sunlight, and I'll put it down, and it'll be me again in the room, but I'll have an advantage now in the dark room. I'll have a little sunlight, and I'll walk around. What would happen if you're not that? That point of view that puts you in this fucking mental room, yeah? Maybe if you're on the side of the light, you still see the shade, but now the shade has no power to block you off from the light, does it? Because you're on the side of the light. That's what it's like. Just entertain the possibility you're not actually where and what you are. And maybe you'll realize that you're on the side of the light then all those things that could keep you from what you most sorely need, yes, all those things that you've made to have the meaning, that they can block you off from the sunlight of Spirit, will be seen through. They won't have the ability to keep you out of the light because you're in the light, yeah? It's like that, we talked the other day with that lady. Her attention, our attention goes to you everything's all about me. So it's like, here's this huge sky and there's this one cloud that we're, we're attuned to, yeah? We're so attuned to it, it's our obsession with it blocks the sense of the sky, yeah? Which gives the cloud all of its proportion. You can't see the cloud without the sky, yeah? But our heads now are so obsessed with this idea of being me that all we see in our head is us, me. This cloud and we miss the influence of the sky. If we could just maybe entertain, I'm not that. I'm not the thinker of these thoughts. The thoughts are there. We're not saying change them. Just maybe change how you're holding them. Hey, I may not be the thinker. I'm not saying you are or not. Just throw it in there. Hey, at least a couple of them, you'll say, "How did, I didn't think that. Yeah? So if I'm not the thinker. What happens is your view, your vision opens up and now there's the cloud. It's still the center of, the, of your solar system but there's space around it. The space sort of changes the meaning of the cloud. Yeah, More space, less meaning in the cloud. Suddenly, your attention may leave the cloud. Hey, I'm not that or it's not about me. And then suddenly your eyes will see the sky, the space, that's it. That's what it's like walking around in like open awareness, yeah. You sense the presence of the space, the sky, not the cloud. Yeah. Clouds come and go. Before all you saw was the cloud. Yeah? So it didn't seem like it ever came and went. But now you see the space, now you realize the clouds come and go. So if you're having a bad, bad day, this too shall pass. Yes? All of these, all these tricks of how the mind solidifies the cement mix around your little mental feet is weakened. You can step out of anything. Yeah? See the selfing, see the selfing, and I'll tell you, you'll see the moment where it wants to turn into the self that's seeing the selfing, yeah? And when you see that, it's a finite process. If you—if there's the ability, the possibility that you keep seeing it, it's going to stop, and there's the pause that's always been there, and that pause will have a fucking impact on your mind, yeah? Yeah? And once and then any time selfing occurs, you know it's finite. There's an there's an understanding. It doesn't get you don't get the mind doesn't get fooled anymore. Yeah? It's in resting in the pause. It has an immunity to all that bullshit. Not by taking a pill or doing a drug or doing this or going there. It has a an applicable immunity right where the rubber meets the road, wherever you seem to be. It frees you. It frees you from the slavery to the obsession of self. You're not obsessed with self. There isn't a self. You have obs- the obsession of self is it? Yeah. It's a verb. There's no obsession with which is the verb self a noun. It's obsession with self is all verb. There's not obsession with a noun called self. There's obsession with self. That's the verb. Yeah. There isn't a self, that's the solution. But there's an obsession with self that implies there is a self, and that's the problem. Yeah? If you buy the implication, then you live as if you're a self. And the more you listen to your head, the more that's going to become habitual, where you'll never fucking question it. You'll be looking from the point of view of self the rest of your life. And it's going to produce... What? You'll find out... I think we've had enough sample, but if you want more, keep letting it go on. It will keep delivering the goods, which is empty, (laughs) full of hope, (laughs) tons of advertising, (laughs) right, sense of specialness, (laughs) freedom, nah, happiness, no. Joy? No. (laughs) But you'll be right about not having freedom, happiness, and joy. You'll be so sure that you're right about why you don't have it. (laughs) Wow, I like that deal. (laughs) Fuck happy. I want to be right. (laughs) It was my mother. It was my upbringing. <laughs> That's why I'm not happy. <laughs> I got run over by a car twice. That did it. <laughs> I would, it wouldn't have happened if I only got hit once, but twice. That's the second. The second When he backed up over me, that did it. That's it. I said, How could I? Let me see what I could have done differently. <laughs> Fuck it, you know. So I don't know. I do know I do know that I don't know and that's damn good so yeah, any questions today? no you've been well trained